Hello and welcome to the Bristol on Bath Lifting Club. My name is Mark. And I'm Leo. And at the moment we are the Lifting Club. No, there's more than one, two people in the Lifting Club, technically. There's other people we know for a fact that listen, because I looked at the downloads for our first ever episode and we've got over 15 people that listen to it in the first week. That's pretty impressive. And that's just on uh, Spotify. That's not even including YouTube. I think YouTube is a lot less, but, you know, that takes a while to build. Lifting clubs getting around. Yeah, we are definitely going to have to get some caps and T-shirts and shit made up. Get some blazers. We've got to sell stuff to these bitches. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> then we can retire. <laughs> I just want my backwards cap. <laughs> so, right? Biceps. And triceps. No, 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 no. It's all about the biceps, apparently. Why is it that every teenage boy and young man seem to care an awful lot about growing the biceps? They never seem to care about the triceps. In fact, if you say, where's a tricep, they think you're talking about some sort of trike motorbike thing. They're like, what's a tricep? Yeah, I mean, biceps, you've even got sayings like curls for the girls. Yeah, tries for the guys. Tries for the guys, that's it. Well, I don't know. It's I think it's a, a big showy muscle, isn't it? Because when I first started, all I did was curls when I was 14. Well, we know about that from previous episodes. You thought my, that it would grow everything. <laughs> my bicep day as well, yeah. Yeah, I thought the bicep curl did everything. And then when I got a little bit older, we're talking a couple months later, <laughs> um, I was... I was splitting my routine so much. I had that bicep day. I was obsessed with biceps. And I think it was just like a competition in school. Everyone was kind of like flexing their guns, see who had the biggest bicep. I remember that in school. Everyone used to go around feeling each other's biceps and like posing and stuff like that. And yeah. I could kind of get it, but it, it was it was just shows the lack of education to a certain extent because at that stage it was purely genetics. Yeah. Really, because no one was doing any sort of weight training or anything like that when I was at school. We were all like obsessed with arm wrestling as well. So we'd be arm wrestling and the bicep will be straining yeah, and pumping. So I thought biceps help with arm training, well, with arm wrestling. Yeah. Well, so that's it, logical. That does make sense. It does make sense. And to an extent it does. Um, but that's all I could see that was flexing when we were arm wrestling. So I thought, well, I've got to do my curls to win arm wrestling matches. And then you'll get the girls. And then I'll get the girls. The problem is, is girls kind of find big biceps often quite gross. Right. It's like one of those things like bulging biceps is probably not a good look. It doesn't turn a lot of women on. Yeah, there's that, there's that meme where it's like um, when you've got big arms and big traps, but she has to see your abs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'll date> you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I once read a study that was about... Um, trying to find out what women found attractive and stuff like that and it was based entirely on class wow class for the common folk right class okay for the classy folk and it was really interesting because um working class women find big arms attractive apparently however middle class and upper class ladies seem to find abs more attractive Right, And I can kind of see to a certain extent, because if you think about the working class kind of lumberjack look, Mm. that is essentially what is going to bring in the income. 
yeah, okay. for a working class family. So I guess that maybe there's something to that. Didn't ladies back in the day find like fat people attractive as well? Because it shows you had a lot of money and you could feed yourself really well. I think in some cultures they still do. But yeah, yeah it was one of those things where that was... The, it was basically when you generally look throughout history of what attraction is, it's whatever comes with the most money and that kind of thing. So you would find like in this country when all of your average person or average people tended to be able to afford food, there was a bit, you know, I wouldn't have said obesity, but there was a lot more kind of plumper, fatter people in everyday general society and that. So that started to become less attractive. And you'd actually have like in the 1900s, like Queen Victoria had a personal trainer. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. That's a fun fact. Queen Victoria actually had a personal trainer who was... Uh, I think it was who taught Eugene Sandow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Doctor, I think it's Dr. Attila, I think his name was. But yeah, she had an actual personal trainer. And then um, Eugene Sandow took over from that as well, who was also an official personal trainer of the royal family. Wow. And now we have like the likes of Joe Wicks. I mean, where did it all go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Victoria squatting four plates now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't quite know what they would have done. I know that um, she gave, I don't know whether she paid for it, but I know that around the corner from Buckingham Palace, there was like one of the first ever proper gyms and you used to have barbells and dumbbells and all sorts of stuff like that. And that was around late 1800s, early 1900s. And that was set up so people of the royal family would actually have training sessions and stuff. Wow. That's cool. Maybe she had a membership to like a fight club as well. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the biceps. Yeah, let's right? talk biceps. Let's talk arm training. Is there something kind of... Is there just something within male nature that is just a need to have big biceps? Because it certainly seems that way. Maybe. I mean, when you're in a t-shirt... Your arms are always on show, right? And I guess, yeah. I think a lot of people, especially beginners, really want to kind of fill out their sleeves a little bit. Mm. And for me, when I first started, I based my entire progression not on my strength numbers or anything like that, but on how big my arms were getting. So if my arms were ah. getting bigger, I was like, I'm progressing. Because that was the thing that I guess I saw first. Whenever I looked mm. in the mirror, I'd be in a t-shirt and you'd be able to see the arm. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, where do you stand on arm training specifically for a beginner? So it doesn't really matter in terms of what age. Let's say it's not someone that has any sort of medical or health issues or something like that. It's just mm. your average general Joe blogs. Is that super important to start off with? And what would it look like for a beginner? So I don't think it's the most important thing. I think beginners really need to focus on the big compound movements, building that strength base that we mentioned in a previous podcast. If they wanted to do some arm training, you can throw in an isolation movement for the biceps and the triceps at the end of the workout. Mm. And that might help a little bit with their compound movements, like locking out the bench press or the overhead press. It might help with them being able to do a chin-up or help with their rows. But for the most part, when someone's a beginner, everything is weak. Everything's weak. You don't really have to focus too much on isolation. Yeah. Rather, you need to just get your whole body strong. Squats, deadlifts, overhead presses, bench press, barbell rows. These are like the core lifts. 
One of the things that people tend to, you hear a lot about in gym speak and stuff like that is this concept and idea of isolation, which is not really an actual thing. When you really think about it, it's more about single joint Mm -hmm. and single joint versus multi-joint. So with your traditional bicep curl, I never used to, when I first started training people as a PT, I never put bicep curls in a beginner program. I always used to be one of these like form Nazis and say, you know, look, if you can't even do a chin up or pull up, then you're not going to have bicep curls in a training program. I have since changed my stance on it just because I still stand by that I think that you should probably be better off focusing on chin ups and things like that before you start doing bicep curls as a beginner because that's all round functional and it's still going to grow the biceps in fact some data is showing that it works better mm-hmm. um and you've got a bit of back as well um and upper chest but it's the light the little light look on the, the the young boys faces when they get to do <laughs> bicep curls that is literally and i've spoken to other people as well and that is the only reason why they put bicep curls in a training program for a beginner it's normally a young guy and it's just because they there's some sort of instinctual thing that they seem to really like them yeah i mean for me with with beginners if i've got curls in there or any sort of arm isolation movement it's usually at the end of the session and it's usually just rounding out the workout or giving them a bit of a break from the compound movements to do some single joint movements to go back into the compounds Mm. Um, it really is just, it's just a break from that. As a beginner, I don't think it's too necessary. Like you said, your, your arms, your biceps specifically, are going to grow a lot when you're doing chin-ups or even like a lat pull-down or some sort of vertical pull. And the same with your triceps. If you're benching and you're overhead pressing, maybe doing dips, things like that, your triceps are going to grow plenty when you're a beginner because the weights are going to be going up every week or every other workout. So your whole body is just going to be growing like a weed. Mm. See, my training stance is is changed. So when I first started, before I really knew what I was doing, I did see, you know, a lot of this kind of body part splits and stuff like that. And then when I hired a personal trainer, he also went down more of the body part split thing he just had more of an emphasis of saying well you should be training your body parts twice a week which for me that was like crazy volume um and i've changed the way that i i think about things because obviously when i was first trying to train myself i focused on okay we're gonna start with we're gonna do a chest day we're gonna do it at the beginning of the week and we'll do a chest day say at the end of the week so like push pull legs push pull type situation Mm. which i didn't think was very great now to keep things super simple i tend to focus more on let's pick five really big movements compound movements Mm. that are all free weights that focus on different areas of the body but we focus on getting as heavy as we can or using the heaviest weight possible with those movements so they are selected in order to balance out the body but you're actually trying to up those specific weights so like a overhead press or a squat or something like that and then that way in your mind you're thinking about well what i need to achieve is i need to always make sure that these main movements which are always not put at the beginning of the day normally on a training program are the ones that i wanting you know i want to get better at in terms of form i want to get heavier and then the extra movements are really just to support those 
and people kind of get that it kind of makes a little bit of sense it's just choosing the right lifts or exercises or variations of exercise for the right person but the basic programming is all kind of there mm. yeah i mean i've been saying this for years when it comes to lifting is don't overcomplicate it choose the exercises you want to get stronger at yeah and get strong at them progress at them that's all it comes down to. You've got six major movement patterns in the body, which is vertical push, vertical pull, horizontal push and pull, a hip hinge, which is like a deadlift or a deadlift variation. And then you've got like a squat dominant pattern. Those six, those six movements are the big compound movements. And there's loads of variations you can do for each one. Outside of that, everything else is just kind of a bonus. So obviously you've talked about the biceps, but then there's also these things called the triceps. That make up two-thirds of the arm. Which make up two-thirds of the arm. Now, I was always told by my dad, which I can't quite get how this works, is he used to say, you should always focus on the triceps because the triceps, when they get bigger, they push the biceps forward. And I'm like, I couldn't quite get in my head how that would work because I'd say, you know, dad, there's there's a bone in the way. It's like one pulls one way and one kind of pulls the other way. I'm pretty sure that that's not the case. But actually, I think that it's more the case of misinformation in terms of he probably heard someone say focus on the triceps and then invented the reason why you would do it. It is literally because they're technically going to give bigger, like a look yeah. in terms of how big your arm is. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny because um, it's like saying if I train my biceps, my triceps will get bigger. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I know. Exactly. <laughs> There was actually, um, they did a study where they got someone or a group of people, because it's normally a group of people with studies, let's be fucking fair, yeah, right? Yeah. And they got them to just train one bicep. Right. And they found that when they measured and they just trained the one bicep, actually the one on the opposite side of the body also grew because it was a signal from the brain sending a growth signal out. And although it didn't grow as much, however it didn't quite grow as much as the one that was being trained, obviously. So that doesn't mean that you can just do your curls with one arm and they'll both get bigger. But it is interesting more of the science that's, be, you know, more information that we're finding out about how the brain works and growth signals and hormones and all of these crazy stuff that, you know, most people didn't know about back in the day. Like we talk about 1900 silver era bodybuilding and the bronze era bodybuilding they didn't know about this sort of stuff and yet they were doing the right thing it seems <laughs> yeah it's, it's amazing that sort of area of bodybuilding always fascinates me they were all training full body this is like pre-drugs as well they're all mm. training full body they were hitting the muscles multiple times throughout the week with good frequency and they had one to two exercises per body part per workout and that got the job done so going back to triceps because i'm a big fan of uh triceps in general and tricep power so your triceps can never be too strong because you need them for heavy bench press work heavy overhead press work if your triceps are lagging you'll most likely get a sticking point in the lift and that will either be the bench lockout or on the overhead press it'd be just above forehead height if your triceps are lagging so i think having strong triceps is really important for building up your big compound lifts so what is your favorite tricep exercises and do you necessarily program those in or are those your go-to programming in for clients, particularly things like people like beginners and that sort of thing? Because I have some favorites and I have ones that I kind of 
dislike personally. Yeah. And sometimes I think your own bias can come in in terms of when you program for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my top three for triceps is the overhead tricep extension. Mm-hmm. That really helped in my overhead press. Is that with the bar? Specialist bar? Yeah, I like to use that tricep bar, yeah. that neutral grip bar or a Swiss bar. Okay. So really like overhead tricep extensions. And you can go pretty heavy on those as well and not get any sort of elbow pain, which is a benefit. Mm. I also really like skull crushes, so line tricep extension. But those do come with a bit of elbow pain once you start pushing the weights quite up a little bit. And my final go-to tricep exercise is a cable tricep pushdown. Ooh. Yeah. I quite like that one because... I could just push a lot of weight on it. You can hunch over a little bit. You can drive the weight down and just get a lot of good stimulus to the tricep. Ah, see, my favorite is none of those. Right. right? Which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite is actually the dip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dips, so yeah. I really, really like weighted dips. But I think the reason why I like weighted dips is that when I was younger, I went to gymnastics school, right? And I didn't carry on doing it because... We couldn't afford to go, basically, which is why I'm a complete failed gymnast, right? right okay. <laughs> but I like those sort of movements because I remember it was all about pushing your body through space and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm a fan of pull-ups and chin-ups and dips and that kind of thing because it feels like, oh, wow, I'm actually doing something. I never got on that much with cables because I only really started using cables, of course, when I joined a commercial gym. Yeah. So I do like the tricep kind of push down mm. and i often program those in i don't like superset on them because people do supersets with bicep mm. ones with the cables and i never ever got on well with those and i've never found people to get huge results whereas with the tricep push down i find that that's usually a little bit better yeah i mean going back to the dip because that's a really um really great lift they say it's the sport of the upper body right so with the dip I kind of see that more as a big compound exercise similar to the bench press or the close grip bench press as a tricep exercise. Yeah, it's it's pretty solid, just like the overhead press and close grip bench as a tricep isolation movement. Obviously, that's why I don't really count it because Mm. it's, it's probably even better than the bench press in terms of building upper body strength and muscle. Um, Because it works the same muscles as the bench, but it takes you through a much deeper range of motion. Well, you can, a lot of people will already probably know this. And if you don't, then I'd suggest you check out a couple of YouTube videos and various other people's opinions on the ways in which you can perform dips. Because I always tend to prefer like a forward lean, which they say like opens up the chest, which I'm not entirely sure how much of a difference it would actually make in terms of chest development. But I definitely feel a stretch. And whenever I feel a stretch from starting an exercise from a stretch position, I do tend to find that engages the muscle more, but I'm not really a great fan of doing them completely upright. They always seem a bit too easy. I don't yeah, know. I, I do them exactly the same as you. So I, I forward lean mm. um, and I, I try and sink it as much as I can. Yeah. Um, minimum of parallel, so shoulder in line with the elbow, but I try and sink right down into it. And a lot of people don't know this, only a few people, my wife being one, but for a long time, I just did not barbell bench press because I didn't have access to it. Yeah. I did weighted dips and occasionally I did dumbbell bench press. The first time I got underneath a barbell, I was able to rep out 100 kilos and I owe that to dips. I think they're a fantastic Mm. exercise. Yeah, I went through a period of training um, 
when I was younger and it was all based on when we first had where it wasn't even really smartphones iPod touch before I ever had a smartphone I had an iPod touch and there was various apps and things that you could get they were very rudimentary but they were really simplistic kind of things um like oh here's an app for push-ups or pull-ups or sit-ups and you'd actually have to download a push-up app or a pull-up app there wouldn't be like one that did all three and we used to compete and do these challenges and stuff with people at work who could get to 50 pull-ups you know first on this app or 100 crunches or 100 push-ups i won the 100 push-ups one i didn't won the pull-ups one nice um i was the first one to get there but it is one of those things that you're supposed to do a little bit every day and it tracks your progress yeah and it did work to a certain extent like any sort of exercise when you first start doing it works but i found particularly with pull-ups and push-ups and stuff like that people tended to give up because they get bored and they hit a plateau with it that you can't seem to get past with just enthusiasm like people really love bench press and mm. stuff like that and their enthusiasm for it and their need to get further generally keeps them on the straight and narrow path of actually making some sort of prog- progress although we could talk about novice purgatory yeah um but whereas with pull-ups and and dips particularly people give up because they just hate that they can't do them or they hate when they get to this the point where things are starting to go down like with a three steps forward two steps back kind of approach yeah i mean with dips and pull-ups if i was just doing my body weight and i was going for max reps i probably would get bored and it would be hard as well but when you get quite strong at them and you start whacking on the dip belt start Mm. adding weight to these exercises they're a lot of fun and you can treat them like any other main movement like you can do heavy dips you can do singles doubles triples fives you can treat it just like the bench press and make all those gains i hate squats (laughs) you know i fucking hate squats right i like pull-ups and chin-ups and dips before i do them and after I do them, but I don't like them while I do them. I hate squats before, during, and after. But I've found that there's one special technique that always works for me that keeps me doing the squats and it keeps me doing the pull-ups and the chin-ups that seems to work. It's worked the longest and it's always got me through plateaus. Do you know what that is? Any guesses? Is it hyping yourself up on heavy metal? No, it's not. Although I did used to be a fan of heavy metal music. And then I kind of chilled out after I got that Nirvana album, which was unplugged in New York. Right, right. Um, Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is called this thing called Just Doing Reps of Five and No More. Oh, right. Right? Because I can literally, I will squat and I will keep squats in my program twice a week. I'll do normal back squats and I'll do front squats and both of those are in my program and I can bear to do them because I promise myself I'm not going to do over five reps and with the pull-ups and the chin-ups and the dips I promise myself that I'm not going to go over five reps which means that I do them weighted but it's normally around rep number three Mm. that I think for fuck's sake I don't think I can cope with this anymore (laughs) but at rep number three you only have to tell yourself there's two more, just two more. And that really gets me. That gets me through it. I mean, fair play, man. You've got, you got to do what you got to do, right? You so do. For, for, me, for me, it's uh, I can't stand front squats. I, I hate them. I've, I've, I've started to develop a little bit of love for them 
because I've been using the SSB instead of the straight bar, which is right. far more comfortable. Oh, yeah. But I was using the straight bar for ages and you can't breathe, any sort of discrepancy in your form, and the bar rolls onto your delts, which hurts and makes bruises. It sucks. It's a really difficult exercise. And the way I get through it is I just don't think about it. I just get under the bar and I just do it. I try not to think about it too much and that's how I get through it. <laughs> so what about your favorite exercises for biceps then? Biceps, I am a big fan of heavy heavy curls. So barbell curls, alternating dumbbell curls, hammer curls, and even the occasional cheat curl. <gasps> the cheat curl? The cheat how curl. how much do you cheat with the cheat curl though? <laughs> Only a little bit. So just enough to put your hips into it a little bit. So lean forward slightly, put your hips into it, get the barbell moving and then let the biceps take over the movement. So we spoke about this in a previous episode where you don't want to be like reverse power cleaning the bar. Mm. You just want to get the bar moving, get a bit of momentum and then let your biceps take over the movement and you should feel still feel the biceps get a lot of work in the movement one of the main reasons why i do a cheat curl is to overload that eccentric portion of the movement so you fight it on the way down and you overload that negative and that's where the growth comes from see i am not a fan of curls in general but that's just a personal preference and part of it is because i saw someone actually pop a bicep and it's the most disgusting thing yeah one of the, one of the most disgusting things i've ever seen and i can't I really struggled to watch people flex a bicep and I struggled to watch people do bicep curls and stuff, which is bad as a PT when you're trying to correct people's form and stuff like that. But it is a thing like that I dislike. So I tend to personally stay away from curls and stuff like that. I do opt a little bit more for chin-ups and stuff. I've experimented with doing curls with the cable machine and stuff like that. But it's not like I don't put them in people's programs when they want stuff like that. I will put bicep curls in. However, the one thing that I do tend to say is I don't let anyone that hasn't got past a certain point do concentration curls, you know, or um, ones where they're seated with the actual concentration curl machine where you're literally like stretching the arm out oh, I can't bear to watch people oh, do like that. Oh, like a preacher curl, yeah. But that is always what you see the kids doing, like yeah. a junior gym. And I'm like, seriously, like you're going to struggle to do normal, proper standing bicep curls with 10 kilo dumbbells. Yeah. You don't need to go and do that because they stretch out on, like they'll ramp the bench up yeah. to the top because we don't really have anything to do that. I've seen them doing them on the... Um, back extension. Back extension yeah, machine. Um, yeah, on the hyperextension, and it's like, oh my gosh! I, literally, it's like you're gonna you're gonna break any minute. Yeah, like, I yeah, can't bear it. I have seen people pop biceps from doing heavy Ooh. curls, going too heavy too soon. Yeah. Um, what you got to do is is literally build it up. Start with just the bar, build it up, pump some blood into the bicep, and then as time goes on, start loading it, and you'll get to a point where your bicep tendon is gonna be pretty damn strong from years of training it. But if you go too heavy too soon and you're using garbage form, then yeah, you're probably going to pop a bicep tendon and it's going to suck because that's that puts you out for a very long time and might even put you off lifting forever. It's fucking disgusting. Don't do it. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> you see a lot of deadlifters pop yes, bicep yeah. using that mixed grip. I've never had a problem with mixed grip. But again, if you don't do your curls, mm. 
and you haven't got a strong bicep tendon, it can go when it's massively under load. So there's other parts of the arms that people forget about, technically. There's the biceps and the triceps, and then there's that thing that they call the forearms. Yeah. Forearms? Yeah. What the fuck is a forearm? <laughs> and how would one even go about training that? <laughs> I've got a few good exercises. So I've, I've actually experimented with all sorts of different forearm exercises. Um, and I've come to a top three for me. Mm. So in that third place is the reverse curl. Yeah. Which puts more emphasis on the forearm than the bicep. That one's pretty solid and you can load it quite heavily as well. In its second place is like this forearm twist motion. Oh. Where you have like a barbell. Like picture this, follow along and picture it. You have a barbell. On one side, you've got a weight plate to balance the barbell. On the other side, you've got a resistance band and it's threaded through a kettlebell. Mm. Okay, so the kettlebell is hanging down. Obviously, the ends of the barbell, they move. So you grab it and you start rotating the barbell. Oh. Yeah, working that wrist extension and wrist flexion. Okay. Okay, so you're extending, you're flexing, you're wrapping up that kettlebell and it's going up the barbell. When you get to the top, you roll it the other way. Oh. So it's like a forearm wrist rolling action. And that's my... Right, we're going to have to cut it short. That is the end of the basic edition. You basic ass bitches are going to need to get yourselves to the Lifting Club Patreon where we talk in more detail about other stuff, but I can't tell you what that is now because it would be giving it away. So go over to the Lifting Club Patreon and you can listen to the extended edition of this episode. Go over there right now. There's probably like a link or something in the description. Should they go over there, Mark? I think you guys should run over there. Run over there and give us your money. Sprint. Bye, everyone. See you guys.